Welcome to the Registered Investment Advisor Podcast, where financial services marketing expert Seth Green interviews experts, executives, and top producers to share can't-miss tips on how they successfully manage their financial service firms, grow their businesses, create great relationships, and influence the industry. And now, here's your host, Seth Green. Welcome to the RIA podcast. This is your host, Seth Green. Today, I've got the good fortune to be joined by John Ensley from Ensley Financial. John, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure, Seth. Thanks for having me. Our pleasure. Let's go back in time just a little bit. Um, How did you get into the business in the first place? Well, it was actually uh, some personal circumstances that led me into financial services. Um, you know, I had a, a ESOP plan in the late 90s and was supposed to blow up into an IPO and it didn't. Uh, it fell apart. And then um, from there, a real estate project as we built up to the 2008 timeframe that also uh, imploded. And that was kind of uh, some dark days for me that resulted in a, a wake up call, I'll call it. And so that led me to do a lot of study, a lot of research, get myself educated. And um, somewhere along the way, I discovered the bank on yourself concept and uh, went down that road personally, set up some policies and you realize not a lot of advisors are talking about things of that nature. And I was ready for a career change. So I got licensed, uh, got a lot of training and started my practice in 2012. All right. Well, congratulations. I'm sure the longer version could fill a book if it hasn't already somewhere. (laughs) So 2012, obviously the industry and the business, you've seen a lot of change. Who is an ideal client for you now? So ideal clients are going to be people that are looking for safety and that want control over their money. So they don't, they want to give up control to some outside forces. Um, and then are looking for passive income. So those are the three things I would say I focus on, safety, control, and creating passive income streams. That makes a lot of sense. Do any of those folks, do they fall into certain categories, demographics, age ranges, professions, business owners, anything like that? I, you know, it kind of falls into all those demographics at some level, but I have to tell you, I have a particular passion for working with folks that have kind of a big dream that they're building towards. Um, you know, they want to buy the RV or the sailboat and sail around the world when they retire or an airplane or, you know, some, some kind of um, adventure goal, I guess we'll call it. Um, I have a real passion for working with, uh, with those particular clients. And what are some of the biggest mistakes they are making that you're helping them fix? So uh, there's a couple of things, um, and again, that could probably fill a book as well, but um, there's a couple of things that really stand out, and one is that there's quite often a mismatch between what someone's actual goals are and the tools that they're using. So we'll we'll find that, uh, you know, somebody wants to retire early and take off on that sailboat when they're 50 or 55 or something, um, but they've put all their money into tools that they can't access till they're 59 and a half. Right. So there's that mismatch. And so sometimes we have to um, to take some steps to get things aligned so they can actually achieve their goal. Um, the second thing is debt. People end up with too much debt and it's going to create a roadblock to getting where they want to go. And so uh, using the bank on yourself concept, I have a, a program that I call Debt Alchemy and just help people wipe out that debt much more quickly than they thought possible. 
I know we're not going to go into specifics or make actual recommendations on today's podcast, but how does that process work? I'm sure a lot of our advisory listeners are familiar with the bank on yourself concept, but I would bet that a large percentage of them have seen it used for wealth accumulation or tax free <laughs> generation. Talk a little bit about how the debt reduction process works a little differently. You bet. It's um, you, you know, once we build some equity up in these in these whole life insurance policies, um, we can access that equity pretty much for anything we want. And uh, the very common cases are major purchases or real estate investments or things like that. Um, but one of the things we can do is is essentially refinance existing debt and use the advantages within the policy. So I'm, I can give you an example of a gentleman that I just worked with. He's 70 years old and shared with me that he had $53,000 in credit cards. And he could just hear in his voice, he was hopeless. He had no, no idea how he was ever going to get out from under that. Um, fortunately, he'd been funding his policy for a little while. And so we basically mapped out um, a five-year plan that would take all of that within one year, all those credit cards would be paid off. And it takes about three or four more years uh, to eliminate the, the policy loans on the life insurance policies. So the net effect, if you map it out on the credit cards over 10 years, he was looking at $122,000 in interest alone to on those cards. Um, the way it all worked out with the plan is by the end of the five it was 5.25 years, his total interest cost was just under $8,000. So we wiped out the debt in five and five and a quarter years and saved just, you know, obviously an enormous amount of interest cost. He was over the moon, of course, uh, went from hopeless. I don't know how I'm ever going to deal with this to, wow, in five years, I've, I've got it all wiped out. So, you know, that's a, a great example of how it works. That is absolutely incredible. Um, what are some of the biggest uh, misconceptions or pushbacks you get from clients when you present them with a concept like that? Um, you know, it, I talk a lot about marketing messages, and that that is really, I think, where the biggest pushback comes from. Is there? It's confusing. If you go online, there's any point of view, especially in the financial space, that you want to take, you can find anything you want online to support, to say it's the best thing in the world, and also to say it's the worst thing in the world. And I think um, people in general, consumers, just get confused on what to believe. So I'll always encourage people to not focus on the marketing messages, don't make decisions based on marketing messages, but instead do some critical thinking, actually crunch some figures and apply that to your goals and objectives and make decisions based on what makes the most sense for you not what one guru or another, myself included, is saying about this or that financial product. So I think that's where most of the pushback comes from is, you know, sounds too good to be true. What's the catch or, you know, things like that. And usually we just overcome that by yeah, good, using good logical um, information and numbers and kind of once you understand the mechanics of how things work, it doesn't seem magical anymore. Understood. What is working for you the best lately to bring more clients in the door? Um, so I'm uh, trying to get myself out there more in terms of uh, you know, doing interviews like this with you, Seth, and um, putting material out online and more content. And so I'm kind of becoming this content creator, which is, you know, it's a weird thing for me. I never really wanted to be that. <laughs> But, you know, I, I love working with clients. I love that part of my business. Um, I've never, I'm, I'm not super comfortable being the center of attention, but what I've realized in this business is I kind of have to put myself out there center stage uh, in order to attract more clients. And in, and in fact, that is working. So awesome. Yes, we all have to get a little bit. Everything we want is right outside our comfort zone, right? 
Yeah, exactly. Yes. It's been a good, good learning experience. <laughs> well, good for you. I know that you are committed to constantly improving yourself and your skills. Who are some of the folks that you have learned from in your career? And uh, what are some of the best books you've read that have had the biggest impact? Well, that's another uh, potentially lengthy topic. So within the, the I'll call it the bank on yourself organization, there's about 200 uh, advisors that that are similar to to what I do, and some of them have been in this business for you know forty years or more. So I've learned a ton from uh, several individuals as well as the group in general. That's been a, a tremendous mentoring process over the last what eleven years. So I, you know I would say an organization like that where you can can really plug into some people on a personal level and and learn from mentors has been has been really tremendous. Um, from a standpoint of books, I mean, it, it ranges everything from Rich Dad, Poor Dad to in terms of personal finance or the richest man of Babylon, uh, some of those financial concepts to, you know, uh, living a life of purpose was a book. And it's um, and I, the author is escaping me at the moment. But, um, you know, there's been so many books, it's it's kind of hard to to dial in on one in particular. You have achieved uh, a good deal of success, not only for yourself, but more importantly for your clients. What is your biggest challenge now? Um, I think my biggest challenge now is that topic we talked about a moment ago. It's just expanding the business, creating more. And, and um, you know, I, I kind of went on a, a mission uh, about three years ago in that direction. So that's when I got my CHFC from the American College of Financial Services. Um, I've, I've passed the Series 65 exam and, um, you know, I'm, I'm moving towards being a, uh, an RIA, having my company set up as an RIA. So, you know, we're, we're expanding those areas in order to attract more and um, more of the types of clients that we that we most want to focus on. Your passion is obvious. What do you like best about what you're doing? Oh, you know, I tell you, I'm I'm the luckiest man in the world from that standpoint. I get up every day and I love every minute of what I do. So, um, you know, I, I think I'll I'll do this till they nail the coffin shut, probably. <laughs> Congratulations on that. Um, for our folks watching or listening who want to learn more about your process and your strategy, where is the best place for them to go? Yeah, absolutely. So I, I always um, I always suggest a conversation is the best place to begin. Everybody's had the experience of trying to find a doctor or a lawyer or a you know whatever professional, and you look at ratings and you look at all these things. But at the end of the day, you go talk to a few people. And that's how you figure out where the fit is. And so that's what I would suggest as well. So I've set up a landing page. It's called Jump On with John, J O H N.com, um, where you can jump right into my calendar, grab a free 20 to 30 minute strategy session. We have a conversation. That's it. And um, if it's a good fit or if you feel like I can help, then, then that's the way to connect. Jump on with John.com. All right. We will send everyone there. If you were starting your career over again, Knowing what you know now, what would you have done differently? It's uh, I would have definitely gotten much better, much faster at marketing. Uh, my first year, I fell flat on my face, right? I had this idea that my Rolodex, so to speak, was going to somehow support me in that first year. That turned out to be a completely false assumption. Um, so the the marketing piece was was my slow uptake, and um, I would have would have moved much quicker uh, with some of the marketing approaches. That's great advice. I think if we've come up in this business, you we have at the beginning of our careers had a branch manager who made us do the project 200 or 400 
where <laughs> we were supposed to call everybody we knew and get permission to practice our presentation on them and, and ask them for referrals. And, you know, judging by the 90 something percent attrition rate, we see how well that works. Yes, our uh, acres of diamonds, so to speak. <laughs> yes, that is another great book by Russell Cromwell. Well, we mm -hmm. know your time is incredibly valuable. We know you're very, very busy, John. We greatly appreciate you spending some time with us. My pleasure. It's been uh, it's been awesome, Seth. Thanks again for having me and having the opportunity to share. You are welcome. This has been Seth Green for the RAA Podcast with John Ensley. Check out jumponwithjohn.com. Thank you all for watching or listening. We will talk to you or see you next time. 49 faces looked to him in triumph. Over the last 12 months, they had each taken turns and promoted his business for a week at a time, driving over $987,342 in revenue. What if you had a network of 50 centers of influence who promoted your business every week for a year? Grab your copy of the number one Amazon best-selling book, The Ultimate Guide to Growing Your Business with a Podcast, at 33% off the Amazon price by going to ultimatepodcastbook.com. Again, that website for 33% off the Amazon price is ultimatepodcastbook.com.